This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. you. I was thinking about something with regard to the college openings and the NFL openings. And I don't have any kind of tracker that I've done here on this. This is just kind of a, kind of how I see it kind of deal. Um, It seems to me that the college jobs are quicker to close than the NFL jobs. I think in in college they're wanting to get somebody in there as soon mm-hmm. as possible because of the rooting aspects of it. And, yeah. You know, you know, you're. I mean, not only are you recruiting new people, but you have to recruit your guys to stay. Sure. Immediately. So. Sure. No, I I I think that's what I think you're exactly right. the The question I wonder is though, is that by making those decisions so quickly, um. I wonder if it impedes the or keeps you from making the best decision if you're said college school. Like Alabama moved really quick on the Washington guy. And then Washington moved really quick on the Arizona guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like how, I mean, they f- fell in love it quickly with each other. It's like hardly any dating or, you know, cup of coffee and you know, follow up with a dinner and follow up with a movie and follow up with a, you know, meet the parents kind of deal. It just seemed, it seemed like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And I, I, I hear what you're saying and you're, you're exactly right. It speaks to, you know, part of the, the biggest challenge probably for these college coaches is you're recruiting all the time. You're, you're trying to keep your players, you're trying to get somebody else's players and you're trying to find new players. The vicious... Vicious circle. Meanwhile, the NFL is just. I like, don't know that it's vicious. It's just it's just what they do. I mean, college is about co- is. I mean, a lot of it is about when you're a college coach. It's mm-hmm. about recruiting and being able to recruit and having to recruit all the time. That's. I mean, I don't think that they think it's vicious. They think that's just part of the job. Yeah. No, it's 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 it is part of the job. It is, it is the job. It just seems like man. It just seems like. Man, just like it's never, it never ends. It, it's like it's, it, it's it's like it never. But that's what they sign up for. That's what they sign up for, and that's what yeah. they, that's what they, you know, they get paid I mean, the big it, dollars for. It's such a major part of the job. It's not like, I mean, it's it's not like what I have to recruit. Right. I thought, I thought I was just here to to talk at the booster club meetings. No, you, right. that's part of the deal. Shake yeah, hands, right? kiss baby. Oh, yeah, yeah it's no, such a it's, major part of it. It's not it like it's not like it surprises them, right? No, I think the I think what's I think the new surprise is um, the new surprise for these guys, especially the ones that have been doing this for any length of time, is the constant then now re recruiting of your own players. That's mm-hmm. what's probably got to wear you out. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, you think you got this guy you know, on campus and you think you got him in your fold and trying to develop him and, you know, kind of move him along and, uh, you know, develop him and all those things. And then next thing you know, it's like, well, that guy's gone. And he says, well, it's a business decision for me too. And, and it is, it is, it is a business decision for them too. (laughs) And it just makes it, this makes it really, really 
hard when you when you kind of look at it when you have to look at it like that and again i get it um but boy it just uh it makes it it makes it really kind of crazy uh for uh for that so you got the uh the arizona job that's open right now and apparently arizona is looking at san jose state's brent brennan to be the wildcats next coach brent brennan brent brennan in a <laughs> Deal could be finalized today. He's been there six years, excuse me, seven years, just finished his seventh year. And he was a finalist for the Arizona job in 2020 when Jed Fish was hired. Hmm. So they must have really liked him. and Must be. Now they're going to go back to him. He's 50 years old. Uh, they've gone 26 and 19 over the past four years. Three bowl appearances. He was a grad assistant at Arizona in 2000 in Dick Tomey's final season. Okay. <coughs> Dick Tomey was, <clears throat> you know, legendary coach there at Arizona for, for a long time. But, I mean, 26 and 19, that doesn't really make your boots rattle, does it? Or shake when you're thinking about a team coming into the Big 12 next year in Arizona. And, I mean, what Jed Fish was building there seemed like it was – you know, a much bigger power, but you know, this cat from San Jose State, man, he's only seven games over five hundred, Jamie. Yeah, but I mean, maybe with a better talent, he'll be he'll be able to to be a little bit better. But I I think I agree with your point ultimately in that it felt like Jed Fish had it rolling and they they had some momentum, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward. And this at very least kind of stunts that momentum a little bit. Yeah, right, right, stunts. Stunts the momentum. At least a little bit. Maybe it doesn't kick it back into the dirt, but it at least slows it down. I like the stunting of the momentum. Uh, Brandon says this, if they're promoting commercial-free, isn't that technically a commercial? Yes. Therefore, it is, in fact, not commercial-free. You make a point. You you make a point, Brandon. Uh, We get this. Going out shortly to break ice for Jamie the calf and the rest of the cattle three times daily. Hauled a bunch of hay Saturday before the cold spill had hit for them. Plenty to eat with cattle cubes and syrup tubs. Jamie the calf likes going in the barn when cold. Yeah, he's a smart cow. <laughs> he's, he's like he's, he's like his namesake. <laughs> he's smart. He hates the cold. He hates the cold, right? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm right there with Jamie the calf. I mean, going in going inside the for the for the cold is. It's smart. Yeah, yeah. Why, why, why stay outside when you don't, mm-hmm. when you don't need to? Would make make a lot of sense uh, for me. Six thirty-seven this morning, here on the morning drive. Somebody asked about will the divisional divisional games in the NFL be closer than what we've seen? Gosh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, um, it it hasn't been. You know, you have the Houston beat down Cleveland. Kansas City dispatched of Miami. Cowboys Green Bay game wasn't very good. I guess the best game was the Detroit Rams game. Uh, I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you have to guess. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't guess that um, the Packers and are going to give the Niners too much. Okay. What about the Texans uh, and, and, the, and the Ravens? Same, same thing. Yeah. I would feel pretty good about the Ravens and the Niners. Maybe. Maybe those other two games will be a little bit better. Uh, 
Detroit will play host to Tampa. And then Kansas City will travel to Buffalo. That'll be a, a 5.30 kick on Sunday afternoon, late afternoon. <coughs> Tampa, do you like... Of, of, the, of the four teams playing on the road, I feel like I should take the Kansas City-Buffalo game off the table here. I will. Take those. So the other three games... Houston, the four teams on the road, yeah, I, I definitely like Kansas City's chances the best. Okay, so then second best. Because you got um, Houston playing really well, Green Bay playing really well. Second best, I would I would take <coughs> Tampa at Detroit. Okay. I mean, the, the other two road teams are playing the number one seeds. Yeah. And the... Coming off a week off. No, I know, I know, and... You know, you just I feel like I feel like Houston's got some momentum, some mojo. They kind of got it. Man, they they played well the other day. No you doubt. Know, by addition, by definition, wouldn't everybody have a little mojo going into yeah, momentum going I mean, into this just, weekend? It just felt like uh, it just felt like Houston and Green Bay, especially not the Ravens. I mean, they lost their last game, Jeff. Kind of. I mean, yes, they lost their last game. <laughs> That they didn't need to play. Right, and they didn't play all their key players. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we're going to see, aside from the Kansas City-Buffalo game, one of those road teams is going to win. Houston, Green Bay, or Tampa Bay is going to win. One of the three. Okay. Just based on this kind of playing with house money. I know that's a favorite of mine, isn't it? I mean, it's the playoffs. You think any of those teams are like, hey, we're, we're here. It doesn't matter if we win. We're playing with house money. <laughs> Their season's over after they lose. But, hey, we're playing with house money. Yeah, what do we got to lose? There's more pressure on ball. Of all the teams, there's more pressure on Baltimore than any of them. San Francisco, equal. Equal. Yeah. yeah. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Here on the morning drive, time for this day in sports history. Today is January the 16th, 2024. Here is Jeff McGuire. I'm going to start in 1960 with right ring, white <laughs> Detroit right wing Gordy House scores a goal and an assist in his 888th career game. It was a 3-1 win at home over Chicago. He becomes the NHL all-time leading scorer with 947 points, passing Montreal's Maurice Richards. Or Richard, excuse me, just Richard. 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 And say it instead of Detroit right wing. Say the team name right wing. Red Wings right wing? (laughs) I'll say it five times fast. Red Wings. Five times fast. (laughs) Red wing. He forgot it. Detroit <laughs> right winger, red wing, Gordy Howe. One. <laughs> Slow. 1966, Chicago is granted an NBA franchise to be called the Bulls. Mm. They become the third NBA franchise in the city after the Chicago Stags, who would fold in 19, who folded in 1950, and the Chicago Packers slash Zyphers. Who are now the Washington Wizards? I wonder why they called them the Bulls. Uh, my guess would be the uh, the market that's in Chicago for a yep. bull market. That would be my guess. 
1970, big, big day. Kurt Flood files a civil lawsuit challenging baseball's revenue clause. 1988, St. Louis Cardinals announced their move to Phoenix. 2008, Texas beat Texas Tech beat number 10 Texas A&M 68 to 53. Hall of Fame coach 900th career win for our one and only Bob Knight. Martin Zeno scored 19 points and Trevor Cook added a career high 14 for the good guys. Trevor Cook. <coughs> it's I a name I don't recognize. Do not remember Trevor yeah. Cook. Martin Zeno? Yes. Big fan of Martin Zeno. Mm-hmm. And in 2020, newly acquired manager Carlos Beltran of the New York Mets and the New York Mets, excuse me, mutually agreed to part ways because of his role in the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal. He's the third manager forced out of his job as a result of the allegations. He didn't even get the coach. No. Not a game. I feel like I feel like he was a bit of a scapegoat on that one, but he did it, so... I mean, by all accounts, he brought it from New York. He was the kind of the one that introduced Instigator. it. Uh, he was the I think he was the one that that introduced it to the Astros. He took it to a different level, but it, it went. He brought it from New York and took it there. So I kind of feel like he got what was coming to him. Did yeah, it to himself. I kind okay. of think so. Yeah. Okay. It is National Fig Newton Day and International Hot and Spicy Food Day. All right, where do you stand on the fig Newton? I'm okay. It's like um, something I don't want to eat a bunch of, but yeah. every once in a great while, yeah, I'll eat one. They're fine. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not buying it. I don't buy many cookies. That doesn't mean I don't enjoy eating all of the cookies I eat. Do you make them? Make them, usually. Okay. Or someone else buys the cookies and I get to have some. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy birthday to Kate Moss, who's 50. Have you ever made Fig Newtons? I've never made Fig Newtons. That would be difficult. It seems like a tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Moss, 50. Joe Flacco, 39. James May from Top Gear is 61. Albert Pujols, 44. And A.J. Foyt, alive and kicking in 89. Wow. Good for him. Of all the guys to make it to 89, probably wouldn't have picked A.J. Foyt. I mean, I, seems like a hard. Sure, but he also had enough money to pay for the medical expenses of stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, that's where some keep, people get caught. Keep him alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and on this day, the 18th Amendment of the United the U.S. Constitution prohibiting the quote manufacture, sale, and transportation of intoxicating liquors for beverage purposes end quote is ratified by the uh, uh, the required number of states. On this day in 1919, one year later and a day, its ratification, prohibition went into effect. The nation became officially dry. Mm-hmm. Despite a vigorous effort by law enforcement agencies, the Volstead Act failed to prevent the large-scale distribution of alcoholic beverages and organized crime flourished in America. In 1933, the 21st Amendment to the Constitution was passed and ratified. Repealing prohibition. Yeah. Leading us to the double T 97 three course light post game show. Sure. Sure. 
That's right. And that is this day in sports history. Very nice. It's a big day. This is a big, big day. day for this radio station. That's right. Big day. Uh, the other day, Bill Hayes died, 98 years old. Uh, you know him from uh, his number one hit on the Billboard chart, The Ballad of Davy Crockett. Okay. And if I'm if I have the song right, it's Davy Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontiers. I think just one frontier. <laughs> King of the Wild Frontier. Yeah. Hey, of all the things he could have yeah. gone, I'll take an extra S on there. Yeah. That's a win for Chuck. Yeah. King of the Wild. Hope it's the same song, but anyway, I saw that and went, there you go. Kind of have that little ditty in my head this morning. 651 this morning here on the morning drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double dot com for that on the mobile app. Visual Edge IT hotline is open as well at 806 771 Last night in, uh, in Michigan, the Fab Five all together for the team's game against Ohio State. Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, Juwan Howard, Jimmy King, and Ray Jackson all together at the same game. Of course, Juwan Howard's the coach, and uh, Rose, Weber, King, and Jackson sitting courtside. That's cool. Yeah. First Weren't time... they all suspended from Michigan activities for like 20 years or something? Yeah, I mean, they took down their banners, you know. Well, no, like, but they couldn't even go. Like, they were, like, banned from the building. Did Juwan get tossed again and get to go sit with him? No, and Chris mm. Weber didn't try to call timeout either. Mm. Mm. That you know of. That I know of, right. Mm. That I know of. And there wasn't anybody on the sideline telling him to call timeout either. Because <clears throat> that's what he would tell you, is that somebody told him to call timeout, but they didn't. So anyway, thought that, I thought that was kind of uh, kind of interesting. 6 of 52 this morning here on the morning drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double T dot com for that on the mobile app. Visual Edge IT hotline is open at 806-771-0973. Mike Tomlin after the uh, Pittsburgh game uh, yesterday with Buffalo was getting ready to be asked a question about his job status and he didn't like that and just left. Um, mid-question, he was beginning to be asked a question, Mike, you have one year left on your contract, and <clears throat> that was it. He was uh, he was done. Was there a, a warning shot given before that? Like, hey, I'm, like he'd been asked another question about his contract, and he said, I'm not going to talk about that? Oh, I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah, because it changes the story as far as I'm concerned. If he'd already said, hey, I'm not going to ask that, and then somebody goes and asks the second question. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would, I would, agree with that. The, but if it was the first time it had been asked during the press conference, and I think it's, I mean, the season just ended for a guy, I think it's fair to ask the question, then mm-hmm. I think that was a, I, I don't, I don't want to say overreaction, just because you... You understand in the moment those guys their season just ended and there's a lot that goes into a season and it's probably a tough time to be chit-chatting with the mm-hmm. media and all that good stuff mm-hmm. um but it's, again like we said earlier you know it's part of your job right okay 
Um, but again, if he said, hey, you know, I just want to talk about the team today. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had a great season. I'm proud of these guys, whatever. Let's just focus on the team. I don't want to talk about my contract. And then two questions later, well, you got one year left on your deal. Then I totally get it. Does that yep. make, make sense? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Totally get it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it will be interesting to see what he does. Does he take a year off? Does he come back? Does he walk away off into the sunset for a little bit of time? I hope not. I, I just think it's so cool, the Steelers' tradition mm-hmm. with, I mean, <laughs> three coaches. Right. It's just crazy. It is crazy. It's just crazy. You know, you think about Mike Tomlin, Bill Cowher, Chuck Knoll since like 1969. Yeah. It's nuts. Whole list right there. Walk away. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's not like the Cowboys have a have a deadline of when they're going to make a decision about Mike McCarthy, but do you think that comes in the next 24 to 48 hours? Yeah, I mean, usually if you're going to fire a guy after a season, you're not waiting a week or so. Yeah. I mean, you don't, why would you wait that long? If you've got to think about it, don't do it. You either know you want to fire him or you don't know mm-hmm. at this point. And if you want to fire him, fire him and get over it and, and get and get past it. But if you're sitting there humming and hawing about it, keep him on staff. Are you ready for a change, Jeff? At quarterback, yes. At, at several offensive line positions, yes. Maybe your running back position, yes. <laughs> I don't... And I'm, while your offense was good, they were I really do feel like they were inconsistent. And I do not think Dak Prescott is the guy to lead you forward. I like Tony Pollard. I th- I just think they need a, a bigger back too. Yeah. And and uh they probably could use some additional receiving help beyond C D Lamb. I would say that's the area that I have the least concern. Well, that that's yeah. I mean there's I would take run stopper. I would take offensive line. Mm-hmm. I would take running back. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I would, I would take getting digs back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like they're all right at the receiver okay. position. Uh, somebody says this off the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, seems like the Cowboys do a good job of padding those offensive numbers in games when it does not matter, but consistently have trouble getting it done when it's close. It's fair. I mean, what we talked all season long how they had str- they had struggles in the red zone. Struggles in the red zone. That's the the time you need it most. Dak did a better job of hanging onto the football. They did a better job of moving the football. Um, somebody says this: get keep McCarthy and get rid of Dak. Get Michael Penix. Uh, somebody says this: wrong decision, Jeff. That's an emotional decision. If you have to think about firing him. I don't know. You said so many at this things position, there. At, at this point. He's probably talking about you getting rid of Dak. That's not emotional for Jeff. He's wanted to get rid of Dak for a long time. That's not new. Yeah. That's not just because of the loss. Dak's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. And we've seen the best of him. And it was two years ago. Or three years ago. And, he and, hasn't improved. And, part of the and if he's still struggling with defenses in the year. end. He's not a rookie anymore. We need to quit treating him like one. If insert any quarterback here was doing what Dak Prescott is doing in his seventh year in the league, eighth year in the league, we'd be throwing him under the bus. 
I like Dak as a human being. I want good things for Dak Prescott as a person. I don't want him as the quarterback. I think he's going to be just fine. Just, I think yeah. he's got plenty of money. I think you necessarily think you have to worry have to worry about him missing a meal or anything like that. House payment, car payment, probably able to pay his credit card bills with relative ease, unless he's just been stupid with his money, which many of those guys have been. Much as the Cowboys are playing him, he'd have to be super stupid. Not just stupid, super stupid. Super stupid. Yeah. The only reason I brought up the running the receiver spot is just it seemed like Michael Gallup was kind of missing this year. Mm. Just that secondary receiver. That's really what. But you're right. I mean, in terms of the list of things that you've got to do. So, so let me ask you this: When when does this happen? When does the, when do the Cowboys make some kind of announcement that either a McCarthy's going to be back? With changes or B, that they're going to start over? Is that today? Is that tomorrow? Is that Thursday? Is that Friday? I would guess if it, they were going to fire him, it would be today. Okay. So look for the uh, potentially the hastily called news conference today. It's the kind of what you're rooting for. The hastily called news conference? Um, I don't, I don't know that. Um, I think I think he's earned another year. I just the question I I think that to me the question I have is does the team does the does the organization have confidence in Mike McCarthy to be able to get to the NFC Championship game or a Super Bowl or was that confidence lost on Sunday? Because if that confidence is lost. Then I think you have to. Then I think you have to make a move. If they still are confident that what his that his that when story, you say the team, you mean the players and and the ownership group. I think those are two separate. I mean, what an incredible cop out! If the players are like, "Yeah, we don't we don't think this guy can get it done." When you were the ones on the field, right? They have a responsibility. Not getting it done. Mm-hmm. But what do we what do we know all the time? It's easier to fire one than fifteen, or it's easier to fire one than fifty-two, or it's easier to fire one than twenty-seven. It's easier to fire one than you know half a dozen. It's just when you when you make a change. I mean, culturally, and you know, within your organization, it's not just one guy. I mean, it's it's freaking everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a complete fruit basket turnover. And is the next guy going to be exponentially that much better? Because the next guy has to at least be a guy that gets you. The next guy could be Dave Campo. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn is going to be somewhere else. But who knows? I mean, that was that was that was a pretty damning stain on his old resume on uh, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it might allow the <clears throat> Cowboys to keep him as D.C. next year. It might. It might. I don't know. I think if I, I, I would agree with you. Something's going to happen. It's going to happen today. And I have this feeling that nothing's going to happen. Me too. I have this feeling that nothing's going to be happening. I think I'm okay with that. I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just, you know, it's not like I have any, you know, it's not like Jerry's calling me and going, 
What do you think, Chuck? What's the what's the what's the tempo in Lubbock? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. about like this, moving but not like super beat. That's about the tempo of Lubbock. I just you know hope if Jerry Jones calls that you know if thank Jeff you. is answering thank the you, phone. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for at least chuckling with what that was. I'm sorry. It was Jeff was in his snapping. No, he was he was giving you some tempo. I was giving you a tempo. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't know if there was something beyond that that I that I missed. Felt like I missed something beyond that. Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. But anyway, I think if you if you see something, uh, if something happens, it's going to happen today. Uh, somebody says this. I think JJ Jerry Jones has been back channeling potential coaches to see if Belichick or Harbaugh or someone else would be would come before firing McCarthy. Yeah, I do think. I do think if he's doing that, um, that he's going to have somebody really quick. They're not going to fire McCarthy and go, hey, we're going to do a nationwide search. You'd have somebody lined up pretty quick. Maybe. I just, I, the Belichick thing, I just, that would be the sh- shock of, the sports shock of the last 10 years for me. I mean, that Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones can work together. That would shock me. Okay. And how, that they would look at it and go, yeah, I can work with that guy. How about Jim Harbaugh? I, <coughs> as I, I said think yesterday, he could work I with, think he's so much better off going to San, or Los Angeles. I think he'd be better than what um, Belichick would do with regards to working with Jerry. I agree, but I, I, I think he'd be so much better off. I think if it was going to be Vrabel, they would have already done that. But who knows? I mean, it takes some time. I mean, it's only been, you know, 36 hours or so since that game ended. So it's not like it's... But you also wonder, did the Cowboys have a plan going? Or did they just really blindly think, hey, we're going to win this game and then we're going to have a second divisional game and then we'll kind of see things from there? I can't imagine that Jerry was working on the coaching change before Sunday if he was thinking about it. Yeah, that maybe he had some names scribbled down on his paper. Well, I mean, I think every owner, general manager always does. Yeah. AD. You get names scribbled down in your desk drawer? I just got a lot of scribbles. Yeah. It's really not names. I don't know what it says. It's just me doodling. Doodling. I'm a doodler. 720. Aren't they mostly the mileage you ran that day or the amount of tennis you played that day? No, no, no. It's free throws missed and threes missed. <laughs> <laughs> Punishment. Percentages. Percentages. Mm-hmm. Punishment missed and all those all those kinds of things. All right, we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll let you know when we know. And I'm sure that uh, somebody out there is uh, camped outside Jerry's house waiting for uh, guys like Chan Gailey to show up for dinner. Or uh, the Cowboy headquarters for uh, Bill Belichick to walk in with a, you know, hoodie. Jamie's question of the day is next. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. All right, today where we get to overreact. (coughs) Wow. I... Kind of thought that was every day. Yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. 
All right, my question for you guys today with your Red Raiders sitting tied for first mm-hmm. in the Big 12 Conference mm-hmm. after three games at 3-0. and I want you to tell me where they're going to finish and tell me the teams that are going to finish in front of them. You don't have to give me the order, but who's going to finish in front of them. Okay. In the Big 12. I think the... Uh... There's 14 teams because you have to do that math. I mean, it's just, uh, I think you'll finish sixth. You'll finish sixth. Baylor's ahead of you. Kansas is ahead of you. Houston's ahead of you. Um, TCU is ahead of you. And um can't remember if I said Baylor or not. I think I did. You did. Okay. What? Oklahoma. Damn it, Chuck. I think we're the same. One hundred percent the Baylor, Kansas, Iowa State, TCU, Houston, and Oklahoma. Those are the five that I think will finish ahead of you. I think I have the Red Raiders at sixth as well. Finishing sixth. Well, we can lock that one up. <laughs> As not sixth. <laughs> yeah. Where do you think... Sorry, I didn't think we would all be on the same page there. Where do you think... Um, what what seed do you think that'll give the Red Raiders? Okay, so you're... More than the... You're in the top half of the Big 12. You're in the top half of the top half of the Big 12, basically, mm-hmm. at that point. That's not just a, a 12 seed. That's somewhere around a, a 7 or an 8. Man, I would think even higher than you, Maybe even higher? I was I mean, thinking 6. Yeah. I was thinking a 6 seed. Because that's going to put you inside the top 25 if you're mm-hmm. if you're there. Um, and kind of depending on, on what you have you know, going on in the, in the postseason and the Big 12 and how you're playing towards the end. Yeah. Um, so that would put you in put you in a pretty good spot. Depending on who those some of those wins are that you're gonna that you would possibly get, yeah, I could see it even being higher than that. Yeah, because the Big Twelve Conference has that much respect. You're gonna have a, you know, um, you know, a high net ranking because of all the competition. I mean, the East. I'm sure you guys saw the stat yesterday that the 16 remaining toughest schedules in college basketball, 14 are the 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference. <laughs> so you're going to have a high rank, um, not only hopefully ranking, but high rating as far as your, your net rating with all the, the tough the tough schedule that you're playing. So, man, I could see it being even inside of six if you finish sixth in the conference. Mm-hmm. And and here's the other thing, too, is, you know, I could, I could make a case that Oklahoma and you could flip-flop or that um, maybe, or that Iowa State could could drop down as well. Maybe and then I could make a case that Texas figures it out. Yeah, and yeah, that was just a really shocking loss to West Virginia. I think before that, I would have put Texas in front of the Red Raiders still, even though you beat them at their place. Just feeling like they had a more talented team, but I don't know. I don't, I, I don't put them in front of the Red Raiders now, for certain. Uh, somebody asked this question off the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Of the next four, how many does Tech win? You play at Houston, 
home against BYU, at Oklahoma, and at TCU. Would you take would you would you take two right now? I would definitely. Yeah. I yeah. would probably predict one. That being BYU at home. At home, you go down to Houston and beat them there. Kind of changes the dynamic of things too. No question. You know, I don't know if you if you told me two. I I could be absolutely convinced that your second one's the at TCU. I I don't think they're that much better than you are. That's fair. Yeah, um, I could see you winning that one too. The, yep. It's the 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 number tomorrow in Houston is. Yeah, I don't I'm know still about giving o- respect to them. Okay, I'm oh, sorry, Jeff. I, I I don't know about Oklahoma yet. So I mean, that's another one that wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm. I, would, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. The Houston one would surprise me the most. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, when you when you look at Oklahoma. They do have a win over Iowa. That was, you know, back in November. They do have a win over then number 23 USC. That was also back in November on back-to-back days. They did win uh, over Arkansas uh, in December. Um, they had a, a bad loss to, to North Carolina. And then in the Big 12, they have the, the win over Iowa State. That was at home. They lost at TCU, and then they lost at Kansas. They lost at TCU by nine. They lost to KU by uh, twelve. That was this past uh, this past Saturday. So we we lose the the next four games. The four after that, though, you've got Baylor and Kansas in there as well. With Baylor on the road, Kansas at the United Supermarkets Arena, with uh, Cincinnati and UCF shuffled in there in the middles. Right. So it, welcome to the Big Twelve. Like we said. Toughest fourteen schedules in the NCAA all reside here in the, our in our conference. It's, it's about staying healthy and everything else that you're trying to do um, as you're kind of moving moving forward. But you put yourself in a really nice spot um, here in the early going of this of this. You just can't get too far ahead of yourselves. Mm-hmm. Just can't. Yeah, no, take no a, doubt. And I, I wouldn't guess that'll happen. No, I, I mean I, it's just three games. Just it's just you should feel good about the start though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then with regard to TCU and their schedule and who they've played, um, they have a win over Georgetown. It was by a point. It's not the Hoyas of the Big East though. That was the uh, questionable one. Yep. Uh, they beat Arizona State. They lost to Nevada. Um, in the Big Twelve, they lost. At KU, that was a questionable one too. Eighty-three, mm-hmm. eighty-one. They TCU beat Oklahoma, eighty to seventy-one, and then this past Saturday they beat Houston at home by one, sixty-eight to sixty-seven. So obviously the win over Houston and wins over Houston and Oklahoma are more impressive than uh, a lot of what teams have. I mean, you could debate whether they're more impressive than. The Red Raiders win in Austin, but I think I would probably lean towards the home win against Houston being the most impressive in that group. So, so let me ask you this then, based on kind of where you are today with eight teams ranked, how many teams make it to the big to the tournament? Do you get eight in? I would think so. Of fourteen, yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely possible. You know, could you get could you get nine in? Maybe. Maybe. Or, or, or 
do you get to a point where you just beat each other up and then that that hurts you? Yeah, but this, the the ratings are still going to be high because of <clears throat> strength of schedule. Strength of schedule. Yeah, all those things, the quad one and all those kinds of wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are it. finally in the point of the schedule where the non-conference non-conference scheduling makes sense because you don't need all the RPI points and the net points in your non-conference because you're going to get them in Big Twelve play. Just by playing this week, you're moving up in the net. It's not. Yes, everything you said is accurate, but that's not why I was wanting more entertaining games. Right. Non-conference. It was because I wanted to be entertained. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) And I wanted to see the team challenged a little bit, too. And feel like they're preparing themselves for Big 12 play. So if you have a thought on that, Gates Flooring Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app. They look pretty prepared. They do. They do. And I love how they take care of the basketball. Mm-hmm. Don't turn it over. And Joe Tucson's big, big, big factor in that. Mm-hmm. And they're tough, too. They're tough as And nails. all of this without a guy that we thought would be a key cog for them in this season. Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to rise up. The old next man up. They got that message. They said, yes, sir. Next man up. Ding, ding, ding. Got it. Boom, boom, boom is next this morning at 7.45. It is 7.40. This chilly morning here on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Right, good morning. With Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines coming up at 9, end of the bench. High noon today, the bottom line. And then uh, this afternoon, Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3. That'll... Lead you into Friendship Girls Basketball tonight at 6. They take on Odessa. We'll have uh, Lubbock Cooper Girls and Boys Basketball from the Pirates Nest tonight at 6 on 100.7. The score. High school season kind of going like you thought it would? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cooper and Monterey are doing really, really well and Others in the area, like New Home, Friendship's doing really well. Yeah. Kind of holding their Am- own. Amarillo's killing it. Mm-hmm. Midland, not so much? Midland, Odessa, no. El Paso mm. schools? I have no idea. Off the off the mark, so to speak? Off the off the trail for you? I have no clue. Okay. We'll have uh, Texas Tech hoops on the air for you tomorrow. The women play at home against Iowa State. The men on the road at Houston tomorrow evening. That would, I think that that would be a pretty, if you're uh, in the vicinity there in Houston, that would be a pretty entertaining game to go to. I think that's going to be a lot of energy. Um, be interested to see how Houston bounces back from a, a loss. Red Raiders, how they handle success, so to speak. You know, in terms of winning their first three conference games, being ranked for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of handling the the uh, verbal bouquets, as uh, some like to say. I know. mean, for that fan base, you've got two ranked teams going to be in your building at the same time. That that should be exciting enough. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. But, I mean, it, and they don't have just tons and tons of seats. So, I mean, if you're, if you're planning on going, um, generally that's a sold-out show. But I'm sure that if you have desire and you're going to be in Houston, your, your ability to get that ticket is probably – Probably there, but it's not. It's not like they just they don't seat 
14,000 like they do here. Like we do here. They see, I don't know, seven or eight there at the Hoffheinz Pavilion. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful building. I, I really enjoyed kind of just being in there a few weeks ago. Uh, somebody says off the 8th Flooring Center chat line, the Idaloo Girls too. Yep. I feel like the Idaloo Girls, that's kind of them and some others. You just kind of, <clears throat> you expect that every year. Yep, they've been very it's, good. They've, no been, they've been, they just kind of step and repeat, step and repeat, step and repeat, step and repeat. 818 this morning here on the uh, morning drive. Speaking of uh, Houston, they'll post some problems for you. Um, they have three that uh, score in double figures. LJ Criers, their leading scorer overall for the year, averaging a little over 15 a game. Emmanuel Sharps at uh, 13 a game, and then Jamal Shedd is at 10 a game. Uh, Cryer is their three point shooter. He's made 48 out of 126, and then Sharp is behind him, 36 of 98. So his percentage is just behind uh, Cryer. They do make about for the whole year, almost eight threes a game. And for Big 12 play, they're down to about seven a game. They average about 70 points a game and outscoring their opponents plus nine. But they're coming off back-to-back losses. So, you know, it be interesting to see how they handle that adversity. Mm-hmm. That's not something they're used to. No, I wouldn't guess so. You know, As good con- as they've been. As good as they've been. And mm-hmm. considering the conference that they were in previous, uh, now they're up to the big boy league. So, you know, they started off their season uh, beating West Virginia, pounding them 89 to 55, and then a loss at Iowa State that I think everybody was surprised by 57 53. No, I wouldn't say super surprised, right? I mean, there's a lot of good teams that go to Ames and sure. struggle in men's basketball. Yeah. yeah no, that's, that's a tough t- place to play. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say super surprised there. It was just, okay, welcome to the Big 12, and you see what the rest of us yeah. deal with. It's not always easy, uh, you know, going to going to win on the road at some mm-hmm. of these places. Okay, so was the bigger surprise then in Fort Worth on Saturday, losing by a point? Yeah, just because you expected them to bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. Even though TCU, Iowa State, probably similar teams, but... Nobody talks about going to TCU. Like, that's a tough t- place to Den win. Den of Demons and stuff yeah. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Iowa State, they're tromping through, you know, six to eight inches of snow with their with their galoshes on, you know, and uh, marching into the arena, you know, with their, you know, nice warm clothes and their hunter outfits and their Elmer Fudd hat and, you know, taking it all off and then ready to, Sit down there and cheer on the cyclones. Mm-hmm. They got the. They got. Hope the, they have a sky bridge. They got. They do for football, <laughs> but they don't for basketball. the The football stadium is to the south of the basketball arena, but it's not. It's not close enough where you would park across the interstate and walk on the sky bridge to get to basketball. They, although they were tearing up quite a bit of parking, the last time I was there last winter, so. You know, build. They're always building stuff. Everybody's always building stuff. Mm-hmm. It's always there's always cranes in front of stadiums mm-hmm. and projects and things like. Don't that. Don't we technically have sky bridges? The ones going across Marcher Sharp, or you yeah. can get from the parking garage over to the football stadium. Yeah, I wouldn't really call it a sky bridge. That 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 is a deceiving bridge, in terms of, I've walked that before from that parking garage to the football stadium. 
It is a it is deceiving how far it is to walk from the parking lot there, the parking garage, to the entrance of Jones Stadium or to our location there in the southwest corner. Especially well, you're if cro- you ate too many low fat wheat thins the day before. Absolutely. You know, you're basically crossing what in theory could be ten lanes of traffic. I know it just it's it's one of those deals that it just it looks closer than it is. Some elevation gain too with the steps. And the zigzags back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those things. I mean There's um, always somebody in front of you that's walking like two steps slower than you want to walk. I sometimes I'm the guy that people are passing. So I can't I I can't really always complain about that. It, it, there there have been times when I feel like I'm I'm walking really fast and somebody just walks that's, by me easily. That's okay. You'll make up for it once you get in the car. <laughs> true it's true that's true it's true so no but we're going to have a we're going to have a sky bridge you know from the football building to the south end zone when it's when it's all said and done i need to i need to go over there and take we're going to have a sky bridge or the the tech football players are going to have a sky bridge well the, the yeah. texas tech yeah, athletics not, department yeah, Jones it's Stadium. not only for the fans yeah, the Jones Stadium Complex will have a, yeah. a sky bridge per se. I need to go. Cool. I need to go take a kind of look, see at uh, how things are going over there. Mm-hmm. I like to go over there every once in a while, and just marvel at all the uh, at the steel and everything that's going up and going. Man, that sky bridge will make it a lot easier for the players to get over there. No congestion, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. At the same time, I know the fans always enjoyed having them walk through the middle there. And, I gave them a little path. Sure. You'd see the players go through there, so that's a little bit disappointing. Over there on the west side, coming back down to the football training facility. Yeah. Uh, I would say more the east side. It was more on the east side. It was more on the east side. Okay. Of the football stadium. People, oh, they would exit over there. Okay. Um, A lot of times, by the time I'm out of the stadium, it's that wasn't that wasn't the case this year. It was completely different. Um, And they're digging that big hole. You know, the ramp on the northeast corner? Yeah, I've not seen that. Yeah, so that's... That's that was pretty... That's going to be the guest end, the, the visiting team entrance, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. they're going to have a locker room over there and place for their equipment truck and all that kind of all that kind of neat stuff. So, And it's all going to be ready by the time we play... Well, they've got nine months. They've got eight months. Oh, they've got some time. They're I mean, going to get it done. It's cold weather. Can you imagine... Being a construction worker in this cold weather, would you would you rather work in cold or hot? Cold, hot, hot for me too. I can always put on more clothes. I can put on a heavier jacket. I can put on under layers on top of layers with a big heavy coat and nice thick gloves to keep warm. There comes a point legally I'm not allowed to take any more clothes off to try to cool off. Man. I, I just, I would much prefer to work in warm versus cold. Plus, when you're working, working, you generate body heat, so you don't need as much, uh, as many layers, because you're producing some. So you lose some of those top layers. Well, all I know is this, is that for anybody that has to do that for a living, whether it's hot or cold, man, my tip my hat to you, because that takes some extra gumption. Want to, and... All that skill set, mindset, mental 
kind of toughness, all those things. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.